morning, guys. My name is Harrison Ross. I'm the junior high director here at Watermark Community Church. Been hanging around here for about six years. So welcome, Fort Worth. Welcome, Plano. Welcome, friends all across the country. Excited to jump in. Something I want to tell you about me is I'm a new dad. Uh, I, I've got... Yes. Yeah. So here's my family. I've got a beautiful wife named Hunter. And I've got two sweet little boys. Abel's two. Hugh is six months. They're amazing. But there's something crazy that's going on in my life that I need to come and confess before you. It's not church discipline. It's just something I need to get off my chest and share with you. As a new dad, I'm now experiencing some things in life that for most of my life, I made fun of every other parent for doing. So I've looked at friends I've had, at family who had babies, and I looked at them like they were crazy for some of the things that they took too seriously. But now, having kids, my wife and I, she's a new mama, I'm a new dad, and we are taking crazy things way too seriously. Something we're taking seriously is bedtime. It's like a religion. And when I say we're taking it too seriously, I mean she's taking it too seriously. And so, guys, little advice for you gentlemen out there who wanna get married and maybe have kids, listen to mama. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And so listen to her. She, my wife is an unbelievable mom. She does an amazing job with these two kids. But we take bedtime seriously. I cannot believe I'm that guy. I'm the guy that we have to call ahead to our family or friends. Oh, guys, yeah, we're so excited about hanging out, but we're going to have to kind of leave early. We're going to have to kind of jet out, you know, the kids. And Oh, man, seriously, like, you're going to have to leave at 8? That's so early. Oh, no, no, no. i got to leave at like 6.30 or 7 to get them down at 7.30. And, and they're just like, you're kidding me? I'm that guy. I can't believe I'm that guy. No region testimony starts with, Hi, my name's Harrison, and uh, my parents just didn't take my sleep schedule serious enough. <laughs> when I was 18 months old, I missed a nap, and it was downhill from there. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way, but yet it's what my wife and I are consumed by, and it's not going to change their life. It's changing our life when we're sleeping, but that's the season we're in, and we're taking crazy things too seriously. They're going to grow up. And we're going to take their magazine drive too seriously. We're going to take the, the PTSA, whatever it is, too seriously. We all have things in our lives that in different seasons we take too seriously. Sports teams. Football's coming up. Who's excited for football? You bet you are. Maybe some of you guys are already putting together your fantasy football league. You're trying to get the draft. I got two friends in community who live in Dallas are flying to Georgia to pick their fantasy football team. You're taking it too seriously, guys. You're leaving your family for nothing. Fantasy football is huge in our culture. Maybe it's your dating life. Maybe it's your hypothetical dating life. <laughs> your Instagram likes, the perfect caption, CrossFit. Oh, I gotta make sure I post my wad and how awesome I did with the best time. Blah. <laughs> You're taking it too seriously. Nobody cares. And we all have these things that we take way too seriously. And we take way too seriously most of the times the things that don't matter, but there are things in life that we should take seriously. One that I wanna talk about specifically tonight. We don't take it serious enough. We kinda of get consumed by all these other things, but the one thing that we should take seriously are faith. We believe some lies and bad advice, 
and don't take it serious. We're in this series called Bad Advice, and the bad advice that we're gonna tackle tonight is, man, don't take your faith too seriously. I mean, come on. You don't wanna be that crazy Christian. You don't be that, that weirdo at the office, the guy who's always just kind of yapping about Jesus and got that like, Greek tattoo on the bicep that kind of peeks out under your shirt. Man, don't take your faith too seriously. Lighten up. Live a little. We're in our 20s and 30s. We're young adults. Let's go. Tonight, we're going to look at a passage in Revelation where Jesus speaks directly to the church. And he's gonna tackle this bad advice of don't take your faith too seriously. He's gonna call us to take our faith too seriously. And what we're gonna look at is Jesus casts out those who don't take their faith too seriously. Jesus calls us to seriously value where true treasure is found. And then Jesus seriously loves you. If you got your Bible, let's open up to Revelation 3. We're gonna be in a passage here that Jesus has been speaking to different churches. There are a series of seven churches that he is giving a message to. This is the last of these seven churches. It's a church in Laodicea. And Jesus is talking to this whole passage. So starting in verse 14, here's what we say. And the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Here's the first point. Jesus casts out those who don't take their faith too seriously. Did you see what we just read? Did you just really say that? He's talking about hot and cold and okay, maybe there's different parts of our faith or our life that are that way, but then he, he amps it up a little bit and he says, if you are lukewarm, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. And what he's, what he's talking about here is cultural Christianity. And we're all guilty of it at some point. Cultural Christianity, he calls it lukewarm Christianity. A lukewarm Christian is somebody who lives their life in compartments, in boxes. This is, this is maybe what a lukewarm Christian looks like. Somebody who's got all of these things segmented out. Segmented out. It sounds like a good way to live, to think wisely about all these areas and make sure that you've got your ducks in a row. You've got your career, your friends. You wanna have fun. You've got your dating life, your resume, your family, your healthy lifestyle. I mean, Jesus is in there. He's in the top. He's on that top row, so he's, he's important. But, man, I don't wanna take my faith too seriously and let Jesus kinda of get in some of my other areas of life. I mean, I don't want Jesus to mess up my fun. It's a little too much. I wanna have fun. <laughs> I need fun with Jesus. And so we section it out and we make sure that, that things are perfect and then we start making excuses. Okay, well, career, my career, my job, it's just taking a lot right now. It, it, you know, we had somebody who quit at work, and so I'm having to take on a heavier workload. I gotta, I'll, I'll push Jesus off a little bit. Maybe when I get a family, once I'm married, maybe, maybe once I hit my 30s, my 40s, someday I'll take my faith seriously. And we live with Jesus compartmentalized as a part of our life. Jesus is calling out lukewarm cultural Christianity. 
And he says, hey, what, what you should be as a believer, as a Christ follower, somebody who is submitted and surrendered to Jesus, somebody who doesn't just have Jesus as a part of their life, but Jesus is your life. Jesus is the compartment. Jesus is the lens through which you look through everything. It's not several boxes, it's one box where you are identified by Jesus Christ and every aspect of your life is surrendered and submitted to that and fits inside that. That's what being a believer is. How you work, how you date, how you have fun, what career that you will do, your family, how you will steward your body, all of that has been given over to Jesus because he gave himself for you. Anything outside of that is just an excuse and it's lukewarm. We all do it, I do it. Jesus says, if, if you are lukewarm, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. He continues, he goes on. We see in verse 17, Jesus says, for you say I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing. Not realizing that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent. The second thing we see is that Jesus calls us to take seriously the treasure. This church in Laodicea, they're a wealthy city. Historically, we know that they have a lot of money. So right at the beginning, that verse 17, we see him basically just go, man, guys, you, got, you are wealthy. You got cars. You got anything you could ever ask for, and you are poor. You're poor. Can you imagine going to a wealthy neighborhood? I mean, we're talking super wealthy neighborhood. Like mansions. You ever driven through one of these neighborhoods? Can you imagine if I go into one of those mansions and I just, I'm gawking and I'm looking around and it's all marble and there's butlers everywhere. And I just, I shake the hand of the guy who owns it and I said, man, I feel so sorry for you. You're dirt poor. Can you imagine the look on his face? This is what Jesus is saying. All these things you find life in, all this stuff, all this stuff that you try to find identity in and value from, the things that you treasure, it's worthless. It is nothing. It is of no value spiritually. You're poor if you're trying to find life and identity in that. So I, I, I'm a junior high pastor. I hang with junior high kids a lot. And hanging with junior high kids, you see very quickly that they are trying to find identity. They're, they're quickly clinging on to whatever's new and whatever's next. And so you see that they're really into the shoe game. I mean, that's the thing right now. They're like, oh man, my kicks are sweeter than your kicks. Yeah, that's what's up. No, I got these, you can't have these. You're gonna grow out of them in four months. Get over it. You might buy them from them if they're a big kid and they hit puberty earlier. So uh, the shoe game is big. And then it's what people think of me, what I wear, my athletic success, my academic success. And it's easy to see in junior high and you just go, hey guys, hey, that's not gonna last, it doesn't matter. But I see that I do it in my own life. There are things that I thought were so valuable, that I was so into, that I was consumed by. Pogs, anybody know Pogs? If 
you don't know pogs, look it up. They're cheap right now. Pogs are these little paper circles. You'd stack them up and you'd get this sweet slammer that had like finger imprints so that you could get extra like leverage and boom, and you flip them over. It doesn't matter. I was obsessed with them. They were awesome. I'd go to the store, I'd save my money and be like, ah, special edition. Nerd. Like who cares? I went to a tournament for pogs. I brought my whole collection. And I was like, all right, I'll battle you. Bah, you took mine, ah. It doesn't matter. Then I was really into, in junior high, a dyno bike. Anybody have a dyno bike? BMX bike? Just me. I thought it was awesome. (laughs) Ah, I used to like pray for this bike. Seriously, I'd go, Lord, if you love me, give me this bike. I'd open the door and no bike. (laughs) It really badly affected my theology. I loved this dyno bike. As I grew into high school, then I became really consumed about what people thought of me. I knew what I thought about myself. And so I, I, would, I would be the guy that would, would be funny or I would try to make them think that I didn't care because I didn't want them to know who I was. I knew everybody, but I was friends with no one. College, I was really into my hair. I just was, I had the flip, like the ah. Uh. I had somebody recognize me in New York City from like, like an intersection over and go, that's Harrison, are you serious? Because of the flip. I was into my hair. I was really into converting my basement into a recording studio. Why? It was this nasty basement. I spent two all-nighters trying to do it and all peeled off the wall. I became a young adult and I, I got so consumed with my job and how I could establish myself in my career and how I could be a leader and, and I was consumed by that. And today, what I'm wrestling with is just the approval of man. What people think of me where I think that I'm valued, where I am worth something. And guys, we all do it. It's easy to look back in junior high, that stupid, silly stuff, but we all have it in our life now that we see as the ultimate, that we want to be ultimate, that Shane talked about, the shiny thing that we're chasing, that job, that husband, that wife, that thing, that feeling, and we think it's gonna satisfy and it's not gonna satisfy. Jesus says, I'm the treasure. Jesus says, those things are worthless. If you spend your life chasing them, you will be poor. You're chasing gold, it's fool's gold. It looks like the same thing. It is worth nothing. Everything that we're trying to find identity in and value in, it is worthless compared to Jesus. He's the true treasure. What's really cool is we're about to see what Jesus thinks of us. Not just that he is amazing and awesome, but what he thinks of us, and it might be different than what you think he thinks of you. The letter continues, and Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on the throne. And as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The final point we're gonna look at tonight is that Jesus seriously loves you. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? Sitting here tonight, that Jesus loves me? 
I could sing it as a kid. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Do I believe that? Jesus loves you and he wants relationship with you. Not because he needs you. Not because he needs to be satisfied by relationship with as many people as he can have. He is the treasure and he wants to share his abundance of wealth with you. He wants to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you it all because he loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. In relationship, it takes time. It takes investment. And he's taken the initiative. He already has and he continues to. That's a relationship worth investing in. You think of other relationships that are super important. Maybe a marriage. My wife would say that's important. Can you imagine if someone said to you, my community group, if they're like, hey, Harrison, yeah, man, thanks for sharing. Hey, don't take your marriage too seriously. Excuse me? Yeah, don't take your marriage too seriously. My wife's gonna come popping out. Oh, man, you better take your marriage seriously. She's very loving, I promise. And so, uh, like, that's, that's bad advice. I had a friend who got engaged this last Saturday. Oh, my goodness, that's such a beautiful ring. Oh, yeah, it finally happened. Some advice. Don't take this engagement thing too seriously. I mean, you got a ring, but make sure you date around. Make sure it's right. That's bad advice. Relationships that really matter we should take seriously, but our culture believes, man, don't take your faith too seriously. Maybe do the Jesus thing when it's convenient, but, and don't be sold out. That's crazy. What we see in the text is Jesus is knocking. He's standing at the door, and he knocks because he loves you. We've all been there. You're in your apartment, you're in your house, you're hanging with your roommates, you're just playing FIFA for like eight hours. Or maybe you're, you're Netflixing, uh, you're, you've like, you're playing this game that you've made up and only you and your roommates know the rules and, and you're just like throwing things off the wall and you hear this knock on the door. They have to knock a couple times, someone finally gets up, you go over, you look at the door, you see who's there, shh, hey, 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 pretend we're not here. What, what, turn it off, turn it off, pretend we're not here. Well, who is it? I don't know, but they got a clipboard, it can't be good. So maybe it's the Time Warner guy. Maybe, uh, maybe it's your landlord or the apartment manager. Maybe it's some kid trying to sell wrapping paper or magazines. The kids are the worst. You always get suckered. I'm sending my kids to you, all of you. And so like whoever it is, it's Girl Scout cookies. You're just like, hey, pretend we're not here because we don't wanna mess with it. Guys, Jesus is knocking. He just sits at the door and he's knocking. Maybe if he had Girl Scout cookies, we'd let him in. But he's just sitting there. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. It's Jesus. He's knocking because he loves you. He's not your landlord. He's not just trying to come and tell you where you've missed your rent for three months or all these noise complaints from neighbors or these things that you should be evicted for. He is not this guy that's just gonna come in and wanna punch you in the face. He's knocking continually because he loves you. He wants relationship with you. He cares for you and values you. He treasures you. He seriously loves you. Why wouldn't we take that seriously? And so, in summary, what we've seen from this passage is that Jesus casts out those who don't take their faith seriously. 
Jesus calls us to take seriously the true treasure. The true treasure, it's him, it's Jesus. And then the craziest truth, that Jesus seriously loves you and sees you as the treasure. And guys, he's knocking. And maybe, maybe you're like me, who just kind of wrestles with stuff and you hear that knock and you know it's Jesus and you just start to kind of look around and you're like, oh my goodness, now? I mean, but I got stuff everywhere. It's scattered, it's messy. Like, what, is he gonna come in and see all the junk in my life? I don't, I don't want him to come in now. He's gonna think I'm not, I'm not a good Christian. I don't have it together. Let me clean this up. Hold on, let me, let me clean this up. Let me get it together. Hold on, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just knocking. Maybe you do think he's like a landlord. You think he's gonna, he's gonna come barging in. He's gonna be like, hey, hey! Jesus is not just gonna push his way through the door. Maybe you hear that knock and you're overcome with shame. Overcome with guilt. Overcome because you think, man, I'm not worthy enough for that guy to come in my life. That was me. So maybe you're out here and you're like, me. I became a believer. I trusted my life in Christ when I was eight years old. But I was addicted to porn for 12 years. And I, on the outside, I was this good Christian kid. I was the kid who knew everybody. I was the kid who loved life and had a ton of fun and I was dying inside. I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't think anybody would love me. I didn't love myself. How could Jesus love me? And so I just gave in to what I thought the world treasured, where I thought I had value and how the world saw me. And Jesus didn't run away. Jesus is still there. He's knocking. Because he loves you. because he's gonna relentlessly pursue you, because he's crazy about you, he adores you, he treasures you, he values you, and he wants to give away everything that he's got to you, his child. We believe the lie, don't take your faith too seriously. I hope that you do. And get out of trying to just go through the motions of cultural Christianity but as a Christian, go out and change the culture. Because it's with Jesus. He's knocking and he wants to come in, not to just tidy everything up so that he's not embarrassed by you. Not to make sure that we fix your life so that it's Christian perfect. But he wants to come in and eat with you, fellowship with you, laugh with you, be with you, live life with you, allow your life to be consumed with him so that it's full of joy, so that it is fulfilled, so that others find life from you because his life is in you. That Jesus loves you. I pray that we will live in a way showing that we love him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you've loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to dwell with us, to come and live with us and set us free from sin and death by dying on the cross, 
raising to new life so that we could be reconciled to a living God, that we could be renewed with you, that we could have life in you instead of trying to seek the fleeting pleasures of this world, the stuff that is worthless, the stuff that we think is gonna identify us and find life but is worthless. Lord, will you give us the courage and boldness to trust you? I pray for people who are here tonight. They hear you knocking for the first time after a round of several times. And Lord, I just pray they'd open the door and allow you in. They'd, they'd open up to a friend around them and allow what is happening in their heart, the hurt, the pain, allow others into their life so that we can walk in freedom. Lord, help us not believe the lie that we're gonna be crazy if we do it. Help us be crazy passionate for you so that our lives will be changed and that this world will be transformed. We love you. Thank you that you first loved us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come in and eat with you, fellowship with you, laugh with you, be with you, live life with you, allow your life to be consumed with him so that it's full of joy, so that it is fulfilled, so that others find life from you because his life is in you. That Jesus loves you. I pray that we will live in a way showing that we love him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you've loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to dwell with us, to come and live with us and set us free from sin and death by dying on the cross, raising to new life so that we could be reconciled to a living God, that we could be renewed with you, that we could have life in you instead of trying to seek the fleeting pleasures of this world, the stuff that is worthless, the stuff that we think is gonna identify us and find life, but is worthless. Lord, will you give us the courage and boldness to trust you? I pray for people who are here tonight. They hear you knocking for the first time after a round of several times. And Lord, I just pray they'd open the door and allow you in. They'd open up to a friend around them and allow what is happening in their heart, the hurt, the pain, allow others into their life so that we can walk in freedom. Lord, help us not believe the lie that we're gonna be crazy if we do it. Help us be crazy passionate for you so that our lives will be changed and that this world will be transformed. We love you. Thank you that you first loved us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.